1: Hello and welcome back to Tango Awful Mina Podcast. I am your host, Mark Seavie, Special Projects Counselor. I'm joined by Ashley Garbulja Mulvanato. Ashley, how are you doing?
2: Hi. <laughs> I'm feeling a little hyper today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but don't don't mistake my long-drawn-out responses for the lack of enthusiasm.
1: Indeed. And Jeff Daly, Hollywood Post 43, Poster Child, and in- michigan man
3: how are you today sir i am outstanding it's like i've got the best of the great lakes and the pacific ocean all embodied in this awesomeness i also feel like i'm carrying that much water weight (laughs) yeah
1: i I don't know where to go yeah i don't know i don't know
2: (laughs) me too uh
1: speaking of water weight which has nothing to do with our topic. Today we're going to visit with Michael Hinkle and Serena Moyer of Skill Mill Precision Iron. Skill Mill uses decades of military experience and an automated approach to precisely match unique veteran and spouse skills with an employer. They are part of a team of companies that works with the American Legion Veterans Education and Employment Division to find ways to help support transitioning veterans. Michael is a Navy veteran and president of Skill Mill and Serena is a Navy spouse who oversees veteran spouse outreach. The pair co-hosts, Skill Mills Podcast, podcast Diapers and Deployments, which uh, we, we all love the name of that one. So let's take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with Michael and Serena. Do it. 100
0: Miles for Hope is back and we're taking it to the next level. This year, you could choose over 40 different activities and track your progress on a handy mobile app. We have sweet swag to commemorate your journey, including tech shirts, Baseball caps, hoodies, pins, patches, and challenge coins. All proceeds from these purchases support veterans and military families through the Veterans and Children Foundation. Head to legion.org slash hundred miles to get started.
1: All right. Now we're joined by Michael Hinkle and Serena Moyer. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to uh, to come and visit with us. So, we appreciate you being here, but why don't you start by telling us a little bit about Skillmo?
4: You know, the idea for Skillmo actually came a long time ago when I was on the USS Cheyenne uh, and my old CO, Noel Gonzalez and me, noticed a lot of young E4, E5s. You know, they were transitioning out of the military. And six months before that, these same people had been downrange in charge of million-dollar equipment, doing things that people can't dream about doing. And they, they fast forward, they get out, and they can't find a job. And that to us, you know, it was ridiculous. And we kept helping them maybe with the resume, make some phone calls. Uh, we left the boat fast forward about four years later, we both got back together and we had this idea of starting skill mill um, to basically help veterans translate some of the skills that they use inside of the military to skill sets that they use outside of the military. And we, to be truthful, I mean, we are way ahead of our time because now if you look at the world today, resumes are kind of going away and it's skill matching to get jobs now. So, you know, what started as a way to help veterans, actually, um, you know, our platform now can be used by everybody. So, um, that's how we got started. I don't know about Serena, you what's, know. what's your uh, what's your global role in all this?
5: So, um, back when it all started, I got a phone call from the owner of Skillmill saying, "Hey, you worked for me back in you know 2000." 15, 12, 2012, 2015, I was the ombudsman for the submarine. Um, I don't know if who's familiar with that, but I was, um, just the liaison for the families between the submarine and the family, you know, I could communicate back and forth. Yeah. So I had a direct contact with, uh, this captain. And then also Mike, who was the chief of the boat at the time. So I had already moved away. My husband was uh, assigned to another duty station and I got a phone call asking if I wanted to be a part of skill mill, uh, and work with the dream team again. <laughs> and so of course I jumped onto it because I had such a, a great time working with them to be, before and we worked so well together. So uh, the initial stages, I was helping uh, the veterans with their profiles, you know, uh, helping them sign in and uh, creating their profiles. Uh, fast forward to today, 2021, and I am primarily just uh, hosting the podcast that we have with steel Mill called Diapers and Deployments.
3: Nice. All right,
1: Ashley, you are up. We'll, we'll call it first, even though I just asked the question. But we'll call you first today.
2: The honorary first. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, good sir. Thank you. So uh, as a veteran and a military spouse, um, it's interesting. So I just, a little backstory. I had just recently moved on to Joint Force uh, Bowling and Acacia, which is an Air Force base, Navy, Coast Guard, all, all of them are here, right? And it's so interesting. I've had an opportunity now to meet folks out in the community um, a lot of military spouses. And I know that you all are are really trying your darndest to reach these amazing men and women who are spouses, who are, you know, raising, raising kids. And also kudos. I love the podcast name. I'm just going to throw that. I don't <laughs> have children yet, but like, <laughs> yes, you got to talk to a good friend of mine, Amanda Huffman. She does a lot of Airman to mom stuff. Love it. Anyway, oh, besides the point, but you know my question is like how are you really you know how are you reaching some of these military spouses like do you have partnerships with installations how are how are you getting in touch with these amazing men and women who are kind of toeing the line and kind of i always say the ready reserve because like right. that's how i feel like as now a military spouse I mean, I've always been a military spouse. I don't know. I'm having this weird conundrum lately. I just got out. I'm still a veteran, but my my dependent ID doesn't say so. So I'm like. Right.
4: Well, uh, you know, we reach yeah. out to all groups, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, of course, the normal channels. Um, we've had spouses on the show, uh, female veterans, of course, and uh, we partnered I'm trying to think of the name now. And uh, I should have wrote this down before I came on. Maybe it'd have been better. That's okay though. Uh, But we treat the military spouses just like the veterans and I'll say our platform doesn't discriminate, right? I mean, anyone can go on, fill out a profile, get matched to their skill sets. And a lot of the employers, that's where we get the bang for the buck. When we talk to the employers that are going to bring us on to find veterans, we talk about the value of the military spouse and the skill sets because it You know, some people may look at a military spouse's resume and say they change jobs every two or three years. Well, of course they did. Their husband or wife dragged them around the world. That's why. But every place they go, they normally have a a new chance to shine, so to speak. And Serena, that's why, you know, on diapers appointments, I talk about the downrange stuff, the the military stuff. And she talks about the spouse, you know, because we have completely different points of view on the way the military is. So I'll let her talk about some of the spouse stuff now.
5: Yeah, so, I mean, I would... I was not being told where to move and where to work. I was just following along wherever my husband was going. So I was fortunate enough to stay home with my babies when they were young. But as soon as we moved to our second to last duty station, my youngest was in school and I wanted to get back to working. And I I was, I was working with skill mill, but I needed to get back into like corporate, you know, working full-time in a community. So um, I was, I, I've been able to find jobs. Luckily myself, um, I, I can teach, uh, I have, um, a degree in family studies and human services, so I can be a permanent substitute at most places. Um, but, um, we want spouses to know that we're not like skill mill specifically. We're not leaving them behind. You know, we want them to be able to create profiles with us and we want them to be able to, you know, put down on paper, that they are helpful for jobs and that they, even though they had to move around, that they can carry their skill throughout. And I think today, most places are forgiving to that lifestyle, especially as a spouse. Um, because like I said before, we're not we're not moving because we want to, we're not quitting jobs because we want to, we're doing it because we have to, because we're following right. our service member spouse. So um, that's been, I feel like for me, in my field it was helpful and my resume even though it showed that you know my breakup of S- south carolina and washington and now here in kansas city i had this nice flow and then i was able to you know have skill mill help me out make sure it all looked right and transitioned nicely
2: so yeah. just as a, a a quick a quick follow-up so for like certificates. So you said you are a, or you are a permanent, like you can be a substitute substitute yeah. teacher. I know that every state varies on, you know, professional credentials or licenses. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. is skill mill kind of helping employers understand, uh, maybe even provide some training or like accepting of these certs or like, do, just, are states aware? Is that something you all advocate on behalf or how does that?
5: So I can't speak. Um, I can't speak and say that this is all fact but I do know that Michelle Obama was trying to implement something where teaching certificates were available nationwide instead of every time a teacher moved state to state she'd have to recertify so Mm. I do not have a teaching certificate I just have enough credits in early childhood education to put me at the level of being a substitute teacher so um I don't know about every state, but the state of South Carolina and the state of Washington, you do not need a teaching certificate to be a substitute.
4: Yeah, and but, it is. It is state by state, though, Serena. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, Corman is a great example in the military. You know, Corman, they take care of everything in the Navy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. They get out and they can't take blood uh, because of certificates and things. But Virginia right. has a great program where they'll take a corpsman, give them some training, and put them in the job market. And some other states are coming around. And also the American Legion, actually, I'm part of their employment initiative, right? Uh, Their task force. So at some point we're going to, there's I think there's 25 companies involved, but at some point we're going to go to DC and explain to Congress where the gaps are. Uh, Because right now certificates, there's nothing we can do, right? To change the fact that a company, you have to be certified in certain things, but that'll take Congress. And that's what the American Legion, Skill Mill, and like 24 other companies, uh, we're going to submit that. And I don't, I don't know the timeline yet, but um, the American Legion is working hard to change some of the things that you're talking about right now, the certificate problem.
2: Absolutely. That's a, that's a great plug indeed. So, you know, if, if we have some other folks that are out there listening, you know, resolutions start at local posts so we can continue to build momentum. So, yes, I appreciate the plug.
4: Well, it's for a those great. You
2: can see me. I'm weaking.
4: It's great. I mean, it is. When they called me and asked me if I want to be part of the task force, you know, because of this command master chief, I was, and it's mostly for the enlisted service men, men and women, right? Let's be honest. The officers, when they get out, they, they have degrees and you know, they can probably write, uh, they've been writing resumes or resumes, you know, evals their whole career. So they don't have the problem. It's the enlisted service men and women that, you know, need that certificate that need that, that have that skills, but the companies that want to hire them you know, they need a piece of paper and we need to change that. That's the only way. And that's going to take Congress. That's, you know, every state can't do it individually.
2: I couldn't agree more.
3: All
4: right, Jeff, you're up.
3: All right. So my honorary second or my last or my, the anchor. anchor. anchor, I'm the anchor question. There you go. All right. So they should have warned you. I'm a Marine. So I have to simplify things. I'll talk slow. All right, please do. Talk in <laughs> crayon. It's a language now. So uh, when I was hearing about your service, I don't know if it's an app, but, but it sounded to me a lot like a dating app for jobs. So it's, yeah. it's all of your <laughs> attributes, right? right? And then you're trying to match somebody that those attributes are desirable for. But just in your case, it gets money. And in the other case, that would be illegal.
2: Right. So it's
3: yeah. so we are not going to go there, but we will do an awkward transition to talking about spouses again. Uh, so, what are the what are the different challenges between matching uh, a veteran and matching their spouse? Now, if because I and it, 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 it kind of goes back to the beginning when you said your platform is really work for anybody and. Right. So I'm just I'm really curious about the the different challenges and do you have the same people working on them or are they so different that they have to be treated differently?
4: Well, they're completely different, honestly, because if you think about, there's a couple of things as the military member that are easy. Um, they give you a VMAT when you get out, right? Verification military experience and training. Uh, everything you've done is listed, right? They give you a piece of paper. Well, we have a VMAT parser that basically will take all of your skills that you have in that in about five seconds, puts them all into a resume style format and verifies them and your duty stations, which means for the employer that once they have that little seal that say they're verified, they don't have to guess if you are really Microsoft certified, like you know, resumes, we all know you can put whatever you want on there, right? But that VMAT certifies that the government has trained you in that and you've actually done it, right? So it's real. So that makes it kind of easy for the service member. For the spouse, you know, it's, a, it's still a resume. You can upload your resume you can go in and build your profile, so uh, the system works for both. But for the spouse, it's it's a lot of manual work. Honestly, they have to go in and fill out their profile more manual. And for the service member, it's drag and drop.
3: Oh, that's very cool. So it's a, so. What about the? I don't know if, if Mark was playing and touching on this, but it, the more the more challenging, MOSs to, I mean. Uh, if if you're launching nuclear weapons for the Air Force, there's right. not an equivalent job.
4: Well, there's not, but there's a lot of soft skills. Uh, you know, there's a lot of leadership. Uh, there's tech. You know, here, I'll give you a great example. A company came to me the other day and they don't want an engineering person. They don't want someone with an engineering degree. They said, here's what I want, Mike. I just want someone who knows about mechanics and hydraulics. Well, that's easy, Right. If you're on a submarine and an aircraft carrier, no matter where you're at, if you're a mechanic in the military, you know how to, you know, rebuild hydraulic valves. I mean, you you have that skill set, and it's more about the employers understanding that, and then us helping them understand that. Um, like you said, but if you launch nuclear weapons for the Air Force, uh, I don't. You're probably pretty technical, right? I don't know if you have any leadership because you were in the Air Force, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. like it. We don't have any air force people. So you're good I know, to go, but they'll be listening. You know, you know, how you know how to turn the lights off and call the maid on your way out. So you're good, but yeah, some, some are challenging, but here's what I didn't mention. So with skill mill, our platform in the background, uh, you know, the magic sauce, so to speak was actually developed as part of SRI and uh, Stanford research Institute. You guys may know them. They invented a few things you may know, like Siri and the mouse. Uh, I think there was the a second note on the internet. So, you know, They're over in Silicon Valley where all the magic happens, but we actually own the technology for all the human resource matching, right? That's part of our background. Now, I will say that the system will get better every time someone puts data in the system. So, Jeff, an example is if if someone that did that job in the Air Force ended up getting a job as, I don't know, a satellite repair person, right? The system over time will know that those skill sets match. The more data we put in the system, the better it's going to get. Right now, we need more veterans in the system to make the system better. Uh, And I have the ability to go in manually and change uh, some of the, like some of the ONET data. That's kind of the backbone of everyone's, but ours is not like that. I can go in and manually change uh, job descriptions, what we think they're good at. And the next version is even going to have, uh, you know, they hire you based in the military. We all know they hire you based on what they think you can do next. Mm -hmm. So that's the next level of skill mill is our inferred skills. We know you've done this. You have the ability to do that. And that'll be for spouses, veterans, that'll be for everybody. So Damn. the system's way smarter than I am, I have
3: to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, duh, you weren't in the Air Force. That's so.
4: true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's smarter. I had to go out to sea my whole life. I, I, they get per diem in hotels. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I know when I came out of Afghanistan, we went to an Air Force, or, uh, yeah, to an Air Force base. Right. and the guy apologized to us that we had four people to a room after i just lived in a t- tiny little hut with like 10 guys so like if okay. i could do it all over again 100 percent going to the air force
2: <laughs> yeah living on living an air force base i'm just like this yeah. is real luxury I'm like oh wow uh, my
4: my cousin was a uh, special forces guy you know army and he tells me horror stories and i'm like hey I had to eat off paper plates once. So don't tell me <laughs> yeah. all your hardships. All right.
1: <laughs> well, Jeff, you'll be happy to know that while you did anchor the first round, Holly has set it up today so that we're doing sort of a snake draft thing. Uh oh. So once we are done with our uh, commercial break here in just a second, you will be back up. So don't give me oh. that uh, sort of blank stare like, oh, I hadn't figured out what to talk about yet. So, all right. You we mean, like first... back. Best... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll be back in 30 seconds while Jeff works with his crayon to figure out what his question's going to be. All right.
0: The American Legion is Veterans Strength in America. We're in your community, supporting veterans, service members, and their families, enriching the lives of young people and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org join.
1: All right, we're rejoining Michael Hinkle and Serena Moyer, and we're talking about the uh, matching up of sort of MOSs with jobs and veterans with jobs and spouses with jobs. And we are going to Jeff for the first one of round two.
3: Wow, I get to lead off. Get the lead off bat this round. So you said your you said your platform works for everyone. Uh, I live in Los Angeles, and I can't remember the last time I had a job. So I'm not sure uh, what 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 could you do for what could you do for a guy like me? Uh, no, I'm actually not gonna I'm not gonna have you answer that because no, because there's you have no I have no skills for you to match. I have a useless degree in economics. Nobody's hiring that unless you have a PhD. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you sit on that one, Michael, and then I'm gonna go over to Serena. Cause I want to hear a little bit more about your podcast. Okay. Uh, I see you have all the professional stuff. You guys are good to go with your microphones and everything. I love it. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what is the pitch on your podcast?
5: So the podcast is called, like I said, diapers and deployments. Who's got it worse. So we talk about the good. They're
3: both They're both pretty the, crappy, right? Yeah. <laughs> we
5: talk about the good, the bad and the, oh crap. You know, like what happens? Um, so we had this idea, you know, Mike was a service member for 30 years and I was a spouse for 20. My husband just retired on March 31st Yay. from the Navy. Yeah. So, um, and we were high school sweethearts at, but you know, so I've been with them since before he joined the Navy and I've kind of gone through every step of the journey with him, anything that could happen. I feel like happened to us and I'm <laughs> sure every service member can say that, but I just felt like every single thing that could happen, happened to us. And, I, um, I got a lot to say about it. So,
3: she does so, have yeah. mm.
5: so, um, our podcast, um, we always, uh, like to have a guest and, um, uh, you know, Mike and I like to talk about things that are going on in our life. Um, I think we're pretty funny. So we talk about, um, you know, lately it's been, um, our transition, my husband and I's transition out of the military because, you know, that was probably the most scariest, uh, time for me as a spouse i mean i was always scared and worried when he was deployed and whatnot but i trusted obviously his uh crew members and his captain so i knew he was always in good hands but then when it came down to we were you know we were so institutionalized and we were about to be thrown into the real world i mean we went from our high school jobs he went straight to the navy i went straight to college and then i became a mom after we got married so um, i stayed home and every we were just all so we were terrified And I mean, my husband would probably say he knew everything was going to work out, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know how it was going to work out. I didn't know um, if he was going to be able to get a job. He is a nuclear mechanic on a submarine. And like you said, there's no submarines in Kansas where we wanted to live for him to do the job. And he didn't want to work on a base anymore. You know, like there's all these shipyard jobs available for guys like him, but you have to be on the coast on a base and working. And he was just done with that. So um, the past uh, 12, 13 episodes that we've had, we that's what we've been talking about. It's just m- our process of leading up to getting out because it was during COVID when it was like, really, we were right in the thick of it. And that was really hard as a family, especially setting up our household, good move and things like that. So we talk a lot about that. And then I do touch base on him trying to find his job, um, and how, you know, when he puts in his, for the Navy, it's called an NEC. I know the army's an MOS, um, so he puts in his NEC, it brings up all these things about you know working on submarines and being a nuclear mechanic on a submarine, and he wasn't trying to work on a nuclear base or a nuclear reactor here in Kansas. It's too far away from where we want to live. So Skillmill gave him the tools with his profile to pinpoint those things that he can do as a leadership, like in his leadership role in the submarine, Well, he could tell he could do that in the real world, um, and he was able to get a job doing the things that he did on the submarine but skill mill helped him translate that and you know because he writes manuals and procedures and all those things on the submarine and now at his new job that's what he's doing for their like their products so um we talk a lot about that we talk obviously to our guests that we have we had american legion just recently and we talked about all the ways that they help veterans and i have to say i didn't know any of that and you know, I'm going to the American Legion night tonight to play bingo. So (laughs) that's what I thought the American Legion was. And I'm not trying to be rude, but that's what I thought it was. I mean, my mom loves to go play bingo at the American Legion. My parents aren't service members, but they go and play. After our conversation two weeks ago with um, the guy we had on, I'm sorry, Mike, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I learned so much and that's, we want our veterans and their spouses to hear that kind of stuff, because I feel like the military falls short in providing this kind of information to their service members. I know that retention is what they want in the military, but if someone is getting out, no matter whether they're retiring, they're being medically discharged or they're just done, they need to know all of these things that are available to them. And I knew none of them and my husband didn't really know any of it. And that is what skill mills podcast diapers and deployments is trying to, we're trying to educate everybody. Well, nice,
3: I think. Uh, I th- you, you hit on something. Uh, that I was kind of thinking about before, but didn't really know how to bring it up in a question is the Marine Corps family. I'm mm. uh, not the Marine Corps family. Sorry, I'm so. I am in the cult. Yeah. I'm the Martin cult of cult. The <laughs> yeah. It's a great place to be. Come on,
1: don't wear sneakers and stay away Hi. from Kool Aid. I don't know what your cult is
3: like. So it was, so the auxiliary is an amazing place uh, for all spouses now, because now it's uh, male and female spouses of veterans or, or active duty. And it, and I think that that support, the support you're talking about that's missing. uh, I know some people have found that in uh, the American Legion auxiliary. Okay. And it's, it's an amazing thing. Uh, and I've, I've people in my post that were, that were part of it. And they said it got them through a lot of deployments. They didn't necessarily, especially enlisted people. They weren't involved in, you know, the officer's wives come in and they, Mm -hmm. they, they take control of everything. And the enlisted ones just feel like they're kind of following along in the little club. Mm -hmm. And they found, uh, they found comradeship at the American Legion post, even when the veteran or the I guess then the the active duty uh, service person was away, so it, and it kind of really leads into the conversations you're having on your podcast mm-hmm. are supporting are supporting that audience,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: it's amazing that the the platform you're talking about is supporting that audience. So what is it that what is it that we can do, as the American Legion, better? to not only help you support the, specifically that audience. Now I get, I get how you're helping this. I think it's amazing what you're doing with the, the military and veteran folks, because it makes, it makes sense to you know, this brain. Uh, for the, the spouses, what can we do better as an American Legion? And not only just to help you direct, like help you directly, but to support all spouses and family members of veterans and service people, especially deployed.
5: You know, I I can say, you know, I don't know if it just was because we were trying to, you know, transition during the middle of COVID and nothing was open and there was nothing, you know, I couldn't go to meetings or groups or anything like none of that was available. But I would say, um, you know, the service member has these; they go through a class or whatever to be let go from the military. And I feel like there should be things available like that to the spouses, um, where they can get all of this information. Um, there's nothing that's spouse specific, it's all military member specific. And I think that's where they fall short the most because like Mike and I talk about on our podcast, he would never go do any of that stuff. He went to his transition class because that's what you have to do when you're getting out of the military, but they're not telling spouses go do this and do that. You know, like they're not offering anything like that to us. And in reality, we're the ones that are wanting to know, and we're the ones kind of doing it and running the show. I mean, the service members always gone or always at work or whatever. So the one running the household and running, you know, all the moving parts, we should be the ones being able to get all that information, um, how to help your veteran, you know, sign up with proper health care for your whole family. Cause who's taking the kids to the doctor all the time, not probably not the service member. It's going to be the parent that's home. And, you know, like So my husband's like, I don't don't know what to, I don't know what to do about medical care. I don't, you just always handle it. And I'm like, right. And I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. So um, I feel like that's where every, everybody's kind of falling short. I don't know what, I guess there's no like pinpoint. This is what you could do better. I just think we need more information as spouses on everything when it comes to what available resources that we have.
4: Every time we have someone on the show we, we talk about, it. we learn something new Every time we didn't know mm-hmm. on, you know, and me as the senior enlisted leader, I feel like, man, I wish I would have had that information to share with those people on their way mm-hmm. out. Um, it's almost like overload now. Every time we learn something, it's awesome. Absolutely. But, you know... I-
5: I mean, I not to interrupt, but my husband listens to our podcast as a service member. He doesn't listen to it because his wife is one of the co-hosts, you know, like he listens to it and he's, he just actually told me recently, he listened to the American Legion episode specifically. And he said, that was so informative. And I was like, I know. Right. And like, (laughs) and we didn't know any of that. And we wish we had known a lot because he was going through some stuff that he needed help with. And he just kind of was thrown to the wolves, figure it out for yourself. But he's like, man, if I would have known, I could have gone there to have them help me out with like his, um, rating and like getting his disability and things like that. He's like, that would have been a world made a world of difference for me. So if to me, like that's one person that so far was helped, but like, we want all of our listeners to be helped and we want to expand to everybody, spouses and veterans. We want them to know that, you know, you can find out this information,
2: but it should be readily available to them. They shouldn't have to go dig. right? Right. I think a really good kind of metaphor for this. So for for our listeners and our viewers that have like children, maybe elementary school children. I don't have children, but when my brothers were growing up, I used to always have to like make sure they did their homework right mm-hmm. and i think it's the same thing for a service member who is going to their transition coursework
3: mm-hmm.
2: and they get all of these things mm-hmm. and then like they stuff it in the bottom of their backpack mm-hmm. and everything gets all crumbled up right and then there's like food on it and there's coffee stains and all of the above right there's, obviously your kids aren't drinking coffee if they are cut it back, <laughs> cut it back now. but you, you know like i feel like that's very true for for service members because they come home with this fire hose of information they're mm-hmm. looking at all these papers and then as the spouse like you're like okay hon uh regurgitate what they- that can you explain <laughs> that and they just look at you like they're just their souls are gone they're like right. i no. did the class i'm done let's go mm-hmm. and then you're like but yeah hey right um i think that's i had to share that i just think that's so funny no, that's i've used that meta- i've used that all the time i'm like there's just there's just crumblies like, yeah. and there's all kinds of stuff in the bottom of that backpack and you just have to pull it out. And then, right, you know, I think transition in itself and I think as a community, a military connected community can do better mm-hmm. in making sure resources are available in time and place. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like just because you're sitting in a course doesn't necessarily like mean that information is relevant to you in that time. Right. But like when you are moving on to that next spot and showcase. Right. So you're like, oh, we're going to go to Kansas City. I want to do X, Y, Z. Right now. That's important. Now you're like, oh, I have a state office. And I'm really happy that you had an opportunity to meet Joe because I I got to intern with education and employment. And Joe is such an amazing mentor and he's just a wealth of knowledge and his team at our our D.C. office. Um, But my question uh, is going to kind of tie into education. Um, so for all my, my backpack jokes and (laughs) yay, so much fun, (laughs) so much fun. So as someone who's formerly worked in in higher education, um, you know, some of the, some of the processes that you've described, you know, um, these job skill transfer kind of metrics, right? So like you're pairing the, the job, the MOS, the occupation with here's the hard skills, here's the soft skills. Um, what's kind of your role at Skill Mill with folks who have to maybe go back to school or they do want to do that 180 in degree and they have the soft skills, but now they need, like we've talked a little bit about certs, they yeah. maybe need a degree or maybe they need that master's degree. Like what is your role in kind of potentially advocating or educating them on what that next step could look like from a, I guess from like a counseling or an advising standpoint?
4: Well, uh, Ashley, I need you on my marketing team because uh, we just partnered with a bunch of colleges. So um, we recognized that that was actually a, a gap, right? And we're new. So, you know, a little a little bit forward each, each day, I'd say. Uh, we just partnered with Florida Atlantic University. We partnered with ATA. Mm-hmm. We have a place out, NC Labs. Um, a lot of that cybersecurity, like I think there's like 430,000, uh, you know, security jo- or cybersecurity slash analyst type jobs in the United States that they can't fill. And- people that we're talking about know that veterans uh, have the ability to learn quickly. Like that's one of the gifts that we have, because that's what you have to do in the military or you fail. Um, they have courses that they can take and get jobs right away, uh, not go to college for four years. You know, they have eight month or one year things to learn Python, you name it. So we're partnering with educational services. And also we are starting to reach out now to colleges for Skillmill to be their veteran resource center and to be their career center. Uh, the goal for us is to be in the colleges as the veteran careers, uh, veteran resource center. So we just started that move about three months ago. And we have a lot of traction already because we do recognize not everyone. And when you talk about college too, it's not really, you know, not everyone wants to go to college, but that certificate, or, you know, if you want to be a Harley Davidson mechanic or, or whatever you want to be, uh, we're trying to partner with those technical people and those schools that are underserved, especially, and they want veterans. they, they want veterans in their school. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that myself.
2: That's excellent. It's funny. You mentioned Harley Davis. I just spoke to my father last night and he was uh-huh. so excited. He just got a new led like lights and he was like out in his Electra glide classic. Oh, and, like, my, my dad's God. like a big teddy bear, like on this right. big motorcycle, just like roaming around. Anyway, that's besides the point, just little, <laughs> little, little, things. I'm just like, Oh, that's so cute. My dad was super excited. by Harley Davis. But, oh, yeah. but you're right though. Um, you know, I'm super excited to hear that you've partnered up with, you know, some universities, community colleges. I think you really just, again, have to meet people in that time and space. And Mm -hmm. I know each state has their own veteran service office. Yes. Um, And, you know, they partner, like, for example, uh, hailing from Ohio, right? We had Ohio means jobs. We had the higher department of veteran services. A lot of those places were higher. Oh, excuse me. And what was the other one? Ohio Department of Education, right? So a lot of them will partner with um, themselves. Have you, uh, you know, kind of dived into looking at some some state partnerships? I know you're in Alabama and Serene. You're in Kansas City, so Kansas. Okay. So like, have you had those conversations maybe at like state levels? I know it's a follow up question. I know Mark's like nail biting. Like Ashley, when are you gonna? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I I know I have as. I, when I transitioned out, I went straight to the career. One, one source, every, every state calls it something different. And I met with the veteran advocate guy because, you know, um, the guy here at least knows what he's doing. He has a pulse of the community and the veterans. Uh, not all those offices are created equal. Uh, but luckily I have a good one here. So yeah, uh, I went to him right away and it's challenging in other States. I mean, you can't just walk down there, but you have to, you have to make that phone call. Let them know that you're there to help, um, but I did that, and Serena has just got back to Kansas City, so I don't think she's went to Kansas City yet and done any, any of that stuff. But I have a guy in Tennessee. He went to Tennessee. I visited some of the ones in Florida. So, yeah, and they're a great resource, yet another resource for veterans that is underutilized, honestly.
2: Well, thank you for indulging me because this is oh. my bread and butter, and I love it.
4: Yeah, it's great. Um, some of those officers do a great job. Uh, some of them, they've been, they've been there too long. <laughs> it's, yeah it's hard I to fire some people
2: agree and disagree yes <laughs> yes uh, work to be done always yes, always all right uh, mark
1: yeah as, as we close out here one, one sort of quick thing and she had uh serena had kind of referenced it to you i i know that when i went through the transition when i was coming out of the military i was literally already enrolled in law school for my third year And I had like a week to get out and Mm -hmm. not only did the military treat the transition as if it was a checklist where literally every person had to do every item. And I kept telling them, like, I am going to law school next Monday, just sign my DD 214 and send me out. And the one size fits all was really didn't work for me. And just to comment on Serena, the, the idea of having the spouses there is that would, That's the if there was one change I can think of, that would be a good one. I didn't get married until I got out, and there was very good reason because I saw all the confusion and everything else that was happening. I was like, what a nightmare! Like, I ended up sending my best friend from the army to be my representative on the family readiness group because I didn't have any faith that anyone would get the actual (laughs) facts. But yeah, Michael, was that your experience as well? That it was just they were kept trying to shove your foot into a boot, whether it fit or not.
4: It was. And, you know, like she said, the bottom of the backpack, I mean, they fill it. you know, they, they fill you full of information in four days and then you go home to your wife and, and, you know, 90 days later, when you actually get out, she goes, Oh, what kind of insurance are we going to have? You're like, Oh yeah, that guy talked for 30 minutes. I should know everything about that. Hold on. Let me grab my notes. Uh, it does take research though. And it is a check in a box. Um, so I also go and I'm part of a transition panel at the air force base. So, and let them ask me questions, you know, at, at the end of the, their transition class. And it's always the same questions, uh, without fail, right. The same nervousness. And that's at the end of the class. So they still have the questions. Uh, and over there at the air force base, I think they do a really good job here, but all TGPS classes are not created equal either. Uh, So, but yeah, I did feel like that. I did mine in Pensacola and they did a good job, but they have to get the information out uh, that they tell them to get out. But I'm going to give you one example of some bad information that I got. (laughs) Some of these people that teach TGPS or come in as guest speakers, this guy was still talking about when you're in an interview, make sure you use a blue pen to circle some questions. I'm like, no one's looking at blue pens anymore. Or yeah, so, you know, some of those uh, people that come in to talk to you, probably not, not qualified. I would say to be there, but they checked their box, right? <laughs> Serena, do you have some thoughts on that uh, one?
5: I mean, that is just, I mean, I could, I could talk about this all day. Like, just like what Mike said, nine, you know, 90 days goes by and his wife saying, what do we do about this out of the other? And he's like, "Uh." and that is exactly <laughs> where we were. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is should be a a group thing. And it shouldn't be 90 days before you transition. I think it should be like the whole, it shouldn't be like one class for a week. And then that's it. I think it should carry on the whole time that you're about to get out. Like they should, there should be someone helping you set these things up as you go, you know, like, okay, you're going to have to decide this. And I know that's not their job. I get it. I understand. But like what they're doing now, I feel like is not the best. So Maybe my idea is not the best either, but there needs to be more information given to somebody else that's not running a nuclear submarine at the same time. Am I right? I do
3: think I do think you have a good idea, but what I do think is those people's job is the exact opposite. And so <laughs> they probably give up they probably give up on retention at 90 days. Yeah. And they're like, oh I'll send them over there to transfer yeah. out. Yeah.
5: Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my husband literally worked until the last moment. It yep. wasn't like this thing where, you know, I hear some beautiful stories where people have like these long extended times of leave and they're not needed at work anymore. And they just have all this time to get things squared away. That was not our experience. And I bet mm-hmm. we're not the only ones like that. I mean, if my husband was able to go to like, if his submarine was able to go to sea, they would have taken them. Like there would have right. been, no, you can stay back and figure out your life because you're about to get out of the military. It would have been, you know, and I would have been left up to me to be alone, to do that. So I know that we can do better for uh, the veterans and the spouses on how they uh, transition out.
4: Well, and I think you said, especially for the senior guys, you know, they work until the very last day. And a lot of times, you know, we'll land on our feet because we kind of have a plan, but some of those junior sailors and, you know, you can't do that to them. And I noticed they do it to them all the time. The army is a little different. uh, And, you know, I only have a small set snapshot, but you know, my cousin, his relief was there a year beforehand and, you know, he had plenty of time to work on transition. And, you know, when I was getting out, I met the guy that was going to relieve me on a Monday, Monday, I quit working on Thursday and Friday. I was like, see you later. I mean, Mm -hmm. so I at least had three or four days, Uh, (laughs) but some people, their relief shows up after they leave, after they've Mm -hmm. already gotten out months later, their relief shows up. So, They literally are still getting phone calls on terminal leave. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's a military issue. Uh, They need to do a better job of giving people time. Sure. Uh, You know, and now, uh, you know, they're doing skill bridge. They're giving people six months to work for someone else when they couldn't give me two days. I don't understand what's going on with this. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we are
1: obviously uh, running short on time here, but we very much appreciate both Michael and Serena joining us today uh, for everyone else, we will be back here in 30 seconds. Thanks guys.
5: Thanks for having us. All
1: right, Ashley, we have just been listening to Michael and Serena and let's get your takeaway first.
2: So I love the energy personally. I mean, as an educator trainer, I think that there is so much that needs to be done in this space. And there are a lot of folks that are working on, you know, these little niche projects, I think, from state resources to everything that, you know, you know, Mike and Serena are doing. Um, I think, like, my biggest takeaway here is, like, there are so many resources out there, and you want to always do your research and start as early as possible, and don't be afraid to be vulnerable, authentic, and ask questions, and also unpack that backpack from your tap, you know, class, because there are going to be spouses asking questions. I think we all kind of can agree that that is a yeah. takeaway here, like, unpack the backpack, lay out the resources, make a plan.
3: Yeah. And Jeff? I don't know about all that plan making, uh, (laughs) but I would have just been this, I would have been the spouse that was like, huh? Uh, (laughs) Just saying, how was your day? Fine. Yeah. Great. But I think the, I think that the American Legion plays a big role in this and I, and I'm kind of seeing it as an opportunity for Uh, Growth for for the American Legion family through the auxiliary, uh, just to really serve that segment of the population. I don't know if our service officers can help. Like if the if the the veteran is doesn't want to doesn't want to deal with it because I know a lot of veterans don't like dealing with the bureaucracies and and being asked a bunch of questions. And if it's something that benefits the entire family and the person's an actual dependent if uh, they could be allowed to speak directly to service officers and maybe I'll write a resolution so you can, uh, so you can read it. Mark. Awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have been that guy too. Like if I had been married and I had had to go through those TAP classes and my spouse had asked me about the insurance, I would have no idea. I wouldn't have been listening to a single thing. I would have sat there in a the classroom to just check the box so that I could get out of that classroom and get on with my life. And I, I feel like that's probably the vast bulk of people. Now I had a transition plan because when I went back into the military, I always planned on going right back to law school as soon as I got out. So mine was super easy, but I remember going through those classes and they didn't apply to me. And so it was kind of a waste of time. Like I would have preferred some of the E4s in our unit that were transitioning out. It would have been nice for them to get some of these classes other than me taking up space in it because i wasn't doing anything there i wasn't going to use it I, I hate the cookie cutter military approach to things where you have to check every one of the boxes every one of the boxes don't apply to everyone that's kind of the problem with it but
2: right
1: yeah so it is what it is so folks uh thank you very much for listening to the podcast remember to subscribe to the tango alpha lima on apple podcast spotify youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts and while you're there rate and review us Preferably five stars. And if you want to send us feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook. Or you can send us an email at TangoAlphaLima at legion.org. Ashley, Jeff, I will see you next week. Bye.